In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, I finally got myself organized enough to go over to see the M.C. Escher exhibit at the Chrysler Museum. Like many people, I was familiar with Escher only from college dorm room posters, with his mind-bending staircases and perception-altering patterns. But as the exhibit makes clear, very effectively, there was a lot more to Escher's artistic output than that. And so I encourage those of you who haven't seen it already to get over and take a look. The exhibit's only here until the end of August. Many aspects of Escher's work are interesting, and, and frankly, a lot of fun to look at, the way he plays with illusion and reflection, the way in which he tricks us and trips us from 2D into 3D and gives us an endless depth of field and infinite progression all on this flat surface. But I was particularly taken with a segment of Escher's work in the exhibit called Emblems. These were a set of smaller, less visually ornate woodcuts from early in his career, which consisted of a picture with a Latin motto at the top and a line of Dutch poetry at the bottom. Escher was recreating a tradition from back in 17th century Holland where such emblems were collected into little books, and the purpose of these books was instructional. They were meant to teach you a lesson. A lesson gleaned by analyzing how the image and the text played off each other. As the notes to the exhibit put it, these books, quote, taught readers to look beyond the surface or literal meaning of objects and phenomena and inspired them to imagine both essential qualities and metaphysical meanings, end quote. Emblems were meant to cultivate your moral imagination as well as your visual perception to encourage you to go deeper from the realm of representation to the realm of meaning. In a way, these emblems prefigured some of Escher's later, more famous work, which very literally took your perception beyond the immediate, beyond the possible even, and sought to reveal underlying structures and patterns in nature and architecture and in the world around us he somehow managed to make the impossible real, to make the invisible visible. And looking at his work, especially these emblems, you become conscious that there is always more than meets the eye. I think I was so taken with these works because as I sat there and pondered them, I realized this is exactly what Jesus is supposed to do for us. Jesus is an emblem, the emblem of the divine. For how better might you describe the purpose of his presence in this world than to teach us to look beyond the surface or literal meaning of objects and phenomena, and to inspire us to imagine both essential qualities and metaphysical meanings. Christ Jesus came to give form and character to that amorphous being, that force, that spirit, that energy that we call God. As the letter to the Colossians puts it, Christ Jesus is the image 
of the invisible God. In other words, through Jesus, we see beyond Jesus to the greater reality which He not only incarnates, but points us to. He is an emblem, a visual symbol of that which is impossible to fully see or know. And like an Escher painting, through Him we get a glimpse into a depth of reality that goes far beyond the finite all the way to the infinite. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. I wonder if that depth of perception is what Jesus was talking about when he has his interaction with Martha in our Gospel this morning. Jesus has come for a visit, and Martha is understandably busy attending to his needs, but such activity is keeping her at the surface level of Jesus. Mary, on the other hand, is sitting there soaking in his presence, listening, looking, and seeing beyond. Martha, worried and distracted by many things, is missing it, missing the, the one thing, the, the better part. And perhaps that better part is noticing the reality of God in their midst. For Jesus is the answer to the question that has puzzled people throughout the ages. If there is a God, then what is God like? Well, the answer is God is like Jesus. This is the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, as Paul puts it, which is now being revealed in this man. And she's missing it because she's worried about the dishes. Too often, our worries and distractions keep us on the surface level and make us miss the reality of God all around us. For it can be hard to pick up on the essential qualities and metaphysical meanings of existence when you're running from one thing to another, right? Appointments, meetings, classes, practices, rehearsals, errands, chores, all of it, the day disappears before you know it. I think that's why many of us have such sympathy for Martha, right? Hey, Jesus, give her a break. She's just trying to make sure everything gets done. But what Jesus is saying is that in such an atmosphere, it's nearly impossible to cultivate any sort of awareness of God's presence in this world. So slow down. Pay attention. Look at that which is right in front of your face. What lesson is there to be learned? Because to be attuned to those deeper meanings and realities beyond the surface is the better part, not because those daily tasks are not important, but because they are not all that there is. This was precisely the purpose of those little emblem books, to teach you to stop, and look and think and go beyond that which was right before you. My favorite one was of a small burning candle. The still flame almost flickering against a deep and dark background. Wax 
was piling up at the base like wrinkles, marking the time that it had been burning and foreshadowing its eventual end. And at the top was this Latin motto. Translated, it read, I am alive. A trembling soul is consumed within me. And at the bottom of the picture, there was the following in Dutch. I am myself a light. In me you find your fate, so be not blind to the truth shining from my glow. What if we learned to see everything around us like that? What if even within this transitory life, as we are trapped among things and people that are finite and passing away, with darkness all around threatening to consume us, we hear instead the voice of the Eternal calling out to us, I am alive. There's a soul in here. See me shining through. The churchy word for this kind of sight would be sacramental. A sacrament is defined as an, an outward and visible sign of an inward or spiritual grace, which is really just a fancy way of saying that's something physical meant to communicate something spiritual. Something visible meant to communicate something invisible. Thought of in this way, Jesus was the ultimate sacrament, but so too are the bread and wine of the Eucharist and the waters of baptism, which we will get to experience in just a few minutes today. These are some of the church's chief emblems. This is our way of living and teaching the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us all, that behind the stuff of life, there do exist essential qualities and metaphysical meanings, that if we pay attention and learn to look beyond that which is right in front of us, we shall see God. Looking to Jesus, we learn to look like Jesus out onto the world, seeing the depth and the beauty, the divinity and the infinity beneath the surface. For Jesus is not just a window, he is a lens. And looking through his eyes, all of creation becomes sacramental. People become marvelous mysteries, bundles of talent and experiences and stories just waiting to be uncovered. The natural world, for sure, becomes an endless source of wonders to ponder, of beauties to behold, of patterns to appreciate. Like Escher and his emblem books, Jesus' purpose is not just to show us something, but to teach us how to see, so that we might better be. For how might we be changed? How might the world be changed if wherever we went and whoever or whatever we looked at, we saw them aflame with the presence of the living God who is above all and through all and in all? 
I am alive. A trembling soul is consumed within me. So be not blind to the truth, shining from my glow. Amen.